This is a podcast from the Cat. On Business Brunch today, we're talking to an extremely motivated and driven individual who's worked his way up from leisure assistant to head of operations. Everybody Sport and Recreation now runs 16 leisure facilities throughout Cheshire. And Dominic Crisp is head of leisure operations. Dominic, welcome to the Cat. Thank you, Des. Dominic, Everybody Sport and Recreation was formed in 2014 by Cheshire East Council to oversee sport and recreation. So share with us how the services were delivered prior to 2014 and what prompted the formation of the Trust. Okay, yeah. So, I mean, we're we're just coming into our seventh year of operation now, uh, devised back in 2014. Uh, It's quite a natural progression, really, that local authority... uh, historically have always been the facilitator in setting up uh, public services, incorporating swimming pools, sports halls, uh, fitness suites, everything that's really needed to, to get people to, to motivate and engage in having a, a healthy, active uh, lifestyle, engaging with healthy, active recreation. Operating in a trust, it brings so much more value into what we're, what we're able to do. Uh, it allows us to operate in a more free kind of way uh, we can bring different initiatives to but we're still able to collaborate and work in conjunction with Cheshire East and ultimately be able to provide this, this very important service which we put out there in the public domain now going back to 2014 uh, a lot of the sites that were in operation I'll, I'll refer mainly to the crew and Nantwich area flag lane swimming pool the Oakley Centre which people might be familiar with uh, they were still running it in a similar style uh, but it was all run and led by Crew and Nantwich Borough Council, which eventually turned into Cheshire East in, in 2009. Having it set up as a trust, uh, it gives us the ability to have a, a charitable status. Uh, we're a non-profit charity. We're a viable business, but all the money that we actually uh, we make, we drive right back in to the actual business itself to invest in the, in the facilities that we, we have in operation today. Uh, have you, do you feel that you've led the way in regard to how uh, sport and recreation and services are delivered? Because clearly, as part of the council, they're not being run like a business. So uh, an expenses can become an, a bottomless pit. Whereas uh, run through uh, um, a charity as a business, you're, you're monitoring expenses and you can make sure that um, you've got a positive cash flow. Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting one, really. I mean, even, even back in, you know, pre, pre-trust days, uh, the, the council's investment that came through, uh, it was as still as important as it is today uh, at the end of the day. It was, it was taxpayers' money. Uh, it was ultimately, it was our responsibility to make sure it was being spent well. Operating as a trust, though, it, does, it, it just brings another element to the party where we, we, we have a high level of expertise. Uh, we have a, a greater focus uh, on being able to deliver exactly what we do each day. Uh, it, it's, it's not a, a side element of one big area. This is our main focus. You know, we, we're driven. You know, our business ethos, leisure for life, it's everything that we do. It's what we get up for in the morning. First thing we're thinking of when we're waking up in the morning, uh, it, it's delivered to the highest of standards. And we, we've got a real commitment to continuous improvement. And have you found, because you must talk to other councils, have you found that other councils have followed suit in respect of how they deliver these services? Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's not a unique arrangement having the, the, the trust trust set up uh, run in conjunction with the local authority. Uh, there's just so many benefits to, 
to actually come along with this. I think it's important to do outline, though, that whilst we are a trust, we still have a very clear and established link with the council, uh, who's one of our main partners, really. Uh, and we, we're there to support one another uh, with the same goals in, in, in focus. OK, so you, you started your career with Cheshire East Council as a leisure assistant. So tell us about your journey so far. Add on or share with us also some of your personal qualities that you feel have helped you through the ranks. Yes, I mean it's been a it's been an interesting journey, really. So I I joined I joined the local leisure provision back in 1997 as a an NVQ leisure assistant. So this was a this was a course back in the, the mid 90s. I mean NVQs are still a, a big focal point today for people wanting to work in a role but also gain a qualification to back it up. Uh, that was at South Cheshire College. So back then, it was it was part of the role to actually work for free for three days out of the week. So for three days out of the week, uh, I was a leisure assistant. Uh, I was working at the, the Oakley Centre in Crewe. Uh, with that, I was picking up vital skills, working in all the different forward-facing roles, such as reception, cleaner, leisure assistant, working at the Cumberland Athletics track, uh, which eventually opened up the doors to uh, Crewe and Nantwich Borough Council, uh, actually taking me on as a casual employee. Uh, for the next 15 years, I've worked in every role there is, from a cleaner to a lifeguard, receptionist, duty manager. From then, I joined the team. Uh, well, to be fair, back in, in, that was a crew in Nantwich. We went to Cheshire East in 2009, uh, where we really did start to make some really strong steps forward. Uh, I'll refer to the Crew Lifestyle Centre. Uh, I joined the team at Crew Lifestyle in, in 2015 as an assistant manager. Uh, from there, I actually was uh, successful in an application to become the general manager at Nantwich Swimming Pool. Uh, in 2018, uh, I was then successful in stepping up again to becoming the senior operations uh, manager. So with that, I oversaw all the, the major leisure facilities in the, the crew, Nantwich, Shamington and Olsager area. So I had four direct reports at the time for general managers. During the COVID uh, lockdown of last year, we, we've had a, a bit of a restructure. Uh, and in doing so, I was uh, appointed the, the interim head of leisure operations. Come at a very difficult time. We are in chartered territory, really. Uh, we're having to be very reactive. Uh, everything that we've dealt with over the past 12 months, though, it's, it's just coming up for 12 months now, uh, I think we've done really well. Prior to the different lockdowns and how we've operated our buildings, we've had to really drill into the detail. You know, we've had a real, real focus on health and safety. It's always been top of the agenda anyway. Uh, but we've had to really address the, the situation on controlling numbers coming into the buildings. You know, cleanliness is godliness to the point where we, we've had limited numbers coming through, but the cleaning regimes have been ramped up probably two to three times what they would have been previously. And as well as that, we've had to have a shift on focus on how we're, we're looking after our users outside of uh, outside of the leisure facilities today with not being gained access. I suppose a lot of my successes, I, I don't know really, I feel extremely lucky and extremely privileged to be you know, working for such an, an amazing organisation, but I've always been very, very passionate at what I do. If I go back to my record of achievement when I was 12 years old, I was going to work in a leisure centre. If you asked me at the time why, I couldn't give you an answer. I was just always in leisure centres. I lived in Shavington Leisure Centre, I was always swimming. For me, active recreation was just part of life. It was just something I always saw myself doing. As well as that, I'd say I'm a very, very keen people person. I love the people I work with. I love the people that come in and use our buildings on a daily basis. You know, I'm not just myself. A lot of my colleagues, we consider ourselves extremely privileged to be working in, in such a, 
a friendly, warm environment. You know, we deliver services which are life skills. We deal with customers from 18 months old to 85 years old. It, you know, the, the, the diversity and blend of characters we get in is fantastic. And, and um, do you feel that the, the very fact that you've come from the bottom up and you've, you've had such a vast array of experience in various different jobs, are you more in touch with the people that you manage? Yeah, I'd like to think so. I'm a naturally inquisitive person anyway, and I think that plays dividend in the fact that, you know, I want to know what's going on. When I'm going into a leisure centre, I make it my business to know what's going on in all areas. Uh, I do think I can bring a bit of value for that. But I remember working for a general manager when I was 16 years old. I'll never forget, I still work with this chap today, actually. A bit of advice he gave me was to be a good general manager is the ability to do everyone else's job. Not to do it better, but at least have some knowledge and some value that you can actually bring to the table with it. Today we're talking to Dominic Crisp, the Head of Operations at Everybody Sport and Recreation. Uh, Dominic, Everybody Sport and Recreation now runs 16 leisure facilities, uh, which is a, a huge task in itself, including the New Homes Chapel Community Centre, uh, Crew Lifestyle Centre and Alderley Park. So... Talk us through some of the key services that you deliver and how you ensure it continues to run like a, a well-oiled machine. Yeah, so I mean, first and foremost, you know, we, we, we provide a whole breadth of uh, activities across the estate. Uh, our key drivers or our key activities which people are really taking part of and there's a very strong demand for is, is fitness memberships. This is across the board, really. It's an area we've heavily uh, developed and invested in over the years uh, but creating suitable locations for people to come and train you know it's evolved quite a lot recently as well the fact that you know people don't just want to go to use the gym group exercise classes are absolutely enormous uh, there's that many different classes are now associated within our group exercise program as well you know it's not just all about weights treadmills you know we, we've got body pump classes we've got grit classes we've got hit classes but a, a very strong demand is now also out there for well-being with yoga and Pilates to the point where they're some of our most popular classes now. As well as that, we've got nine swimming pools. Swimming has always been a, a hugely popular activity to take care in. Uh, it, it's, it's a life skill for young children to take part in. Uh, we have dedicated swim clubs competing at you know very high levels. We're working with U3A clubs. We have disability inclusion uh, you know, we have that much actually going on across the patch. This is why it's so important working as a trust that we've got the ability to have that key focus, work with the national governing bodies, but more importantly, be able to reinvest and, and drive the, the actual standard of these forward. And presumably uh, on the executive of the trust, you've got volunteers from, from different sectors, particularly business sectors that, that help you keep the thing on course. Yes, I mean, we, we, we have a board of trustees that we report to. Each one of the, the, uh, the trustees themselves brings uh, some background value with that from an education purpose, from an accountancy, legal, uh, education. Uh, and, and within that makeup, ultimately, these are the, that, that is the board that we're responsible to uh, and who make all the key decisions and allow us to take the, the steps forward that we, we, we go with. Okay, so since the, the Trust was formed in 2014, you, you've grown the membership successfully. So share with us how you reach out to new customers 
and what you feel is your most effective marketing tool? So, I mean, we've got a whole, uh, perhaps again, of, of different marketing tools. I mean, social media is, is proven now. The fact that if you get your social media channels right, you're doing right within the facilities themselves, then they, they will speak volume. Uh, without a shadow of a doubt, it's one of the key drivers and it's one of the most popular tools for, for getting the message out there. Personally, I'm, you know, I'm very fond of the fact of word of mouth and the fact that if you're delivering service well, if you're doing something right at a site, that customer will go off and tell nine other people. You know, that, that kind of word gets around. On the flip side of that, you do something wrong and, you know, it also comes back on you as well. So, you know, making sure that what we're doing right at site, we're doing right across all 16 sites, making sure that we're really sharing that good practice. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, social media channels, GDPR has, has been a bit of an issue in the past where, you know, we have to be careful on how we market ourselves. But we seem to do quite well with the, with the approaches we take. Uh, we're not all about hard sell. I think that's one of the most important things to get across here as well. It's all about that social value and the fact of what we can actually do to, to impact the, the local areas. That itself brings some real good news, new, new, uh, news items, which we can really capitalise on uh, and, and use to promote what we're actually doing across the, the Cheshire East Estate. Dominic, getting positive feedback is clearly what we're all after, but we also want to know what's and all what's wrong with the services we deliver and so even though it's difficult how do you attract the the overall feedback from customers yeah i mean you couldn't be more to the point there Daz. i mean we 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 want to know everything whilst the the positive feedback is always good to hear if all we have is positive feedback then there's you know we would never improve really so we have a twice annual uh survey that we put out we write out to all our customers we want to know everything that's going on for value for money cleanliness of service uh, the, the customer service they're actually getting from our staff we judge ourselves on 10 different points really uh, and we scrutinize this uh, and we really look to drive in those improvements i think a real positive one to pick up on one and one that we're extremely proud of we, we wrote out to, to thousands of customers during the 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 opening up of the sites following the first lockdown we went through back in july uh, and the actual ratings we got back out of a five-star rating we we got 4.8 across the whole board which was really something to be proud of you know not all of our facilities are brand new shiny sites such as your crew lifestyle center some are in aged areas where they're in joint use i mean they're still great facilities but you know they're not shiny new buildings so to actually kept the cleanliness as, as high and the standard as we did as, as well as we did uh, it was a real testament to the the teams across the across the estate no that's a terrific result you're listening to a podcast from The Cat. Today we're talking to Dominic Crisp, Head of Operations at Everybody Sport and Recreation. Uh, Dominic, training staff is expensive. Uh, you don't need me to tell you that. And Everybody Sport and Recreation currently employs over 900 members of staff. So share with us how you hold on to this most valuable of assets whilst keeping them trained and informed. Yeah, so I mean... We're really, really lucky, Des, to be fair. Uh, a lot of our employees are really dedicate, dedicated and passionate about uh, the sector that they work within. A lot of them, uh, you know, regular, regular users of all the, the fitness suites, the gyms, majority of swim teachers, fitness instructors. Uh, they really live and breathe what they do. Uh, as a business, we, we, we've got a silver accredited uh, standard for investors in people. This is a nationally recognized award for businesses that really invest in their employees and their future growth. 
you know, your staff are your, your biggest and your best commodity, really. If you get that right, it paves the way for all future successes that come with that. Again, we engage with the staff as we do with our customers. We want to know what we're doing right, what we can do better, how we can improve the business. You know, we want, we want to know everyone's opinion on, on things we could be doing better. Uh, we engage with our staff regularly uh, via different surveys that we put out there. Uh, the last one that we just put in actually saw 91% of our employees rated us uh, as, as a, a good employee to work for with good overall job satisfaction. Uh, those figures speak well. Uh, we've done these year on year. The trust developed that figure was quite a lot lower, actually. So over the years, we've really built that up by engaging with our staff, investing in our staff uh, and developing our people to be the real best. And we've got our own little ethos, really, in the fact that we like to grow our own. With that, I'm referring to the apprenticeship scheme we've got, where we're giving uh, young people that are leaving school opportunities to come and work within the business. Very similar to the MVQ pathway, which I took back in 97, working a whole different array of positions across the business, from business support, lifeguard, suite, uh, shadowing duty managers, but also then having that level of investment to build up their, 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 their CV. Uh, and, and take step forwards. If they complete the whole process, they actually then engage and they walk straight into a job. When I say walk into a job, we don't just give them a job. It's got to be the right individual showing all the characteristics and values that we're looking for. Uh, but in the five years that we've been running the apprenticeship scheme on our fifth cohort now, we've had some fantastic members of staff that will go on to do absolutely fantastic things within the sector. And by the very nature of what you do, most of your staff will be customer facing, won't they? So presumably training in, in regard to how they engage with people is, um, is up there with, with all the other stuff that you, that you train them for. Yeah, I mean, one of the most important ones is customer service. Now, you know, we have annual customer surveys. We do a lot of e-learning as well now where we're giving employees opportunities to do distance learning. You know, customer service is something that, you know, shouldn't be forgotten about, but we like to think all our employees, it should be a natural thing anyway. You know, it's never a force. If you actually enjoy the people that you're working with that are using our facilities day in, day out, it shouldn't be a laboured task. It doesn't harm, however, to make sure that we're recapping on that and making sure that we're keeping up with current trends, other things that people are looking for. Uh, but yeah, it's something that we, we heavily invest in. As in, you know, health and safety, all the other big hitters, uh, we have regular refresher training as well as safeguarding to make sure that all our employees are, are on their A game. Like I said, keeping in touch with all the legislation, which can, you know, it can change regularly, especially in the current times that we're living in. Dominic, despite continuous government intervention and unprecedented amounts of financial support, the the current circumstances have continued to wreak havoc on the business world. So, share with us how you've coped. Uh, with lockdown and and whether you will retain any of the changes that you've implemented? Yeah, I mean, that's a great question, Daz. It's been very tough, you know, across the whole of the UK, really. Uh, There's leisure trusts, there's leisure sectors that really are going through the mill. The the government's furlough scheme they put in place has without a doubt saved our business. We're working closely with Cheshire East to making sure that we're minimising all costs as much as possible so that when we can reopen, we can do it right. Uh, we had a couple of initiatives that we put in place last year in a phased reopening plan. Uh, with that, we had a, a three-phased approach. Uh, so when we reopened our doors in July, it wasn't just a case of turning all the lights back on and going straight back into it. We had to take a very, very slow and steady approach to make sure that the demand we were we were putting out there was enough to meet the demand that was coming back from the public because at first it was quite a slow start. So in doing so, we minimised our cost as best we could. 
that will be something ultimately we will be doing again once we get a green light when we'll be looking to reopen. Uh, so at the moment, Des, it's just a matter of making sure that every penny counts. We're cutting every cost we can, utilising the government's uh, schemes that they've put in place to their maximum, uh, and also making sure that we're keeping both eyes fixed on the different grants that are becoming available. Uh, there's a big DCMS claim that we've currently got going on at the moment through the National Lottery Fund, which is available throughout all the UK, uh, and that's been put in place to really support and prop up these leisure services. It's not a grant which is there to prop up any shortcomings, which you know ultimately will see the places fall. What the government wants to see is that we've got well-in-tune business plans, which are going to see the sustainability of the service over the next three years as we start our recovery plans. We're more than confident we've got everything and the tools in the, in the right place to do this. Uh, it's just a bit of a waiting game. Now, a lot of the things that we have put in place, restricted numbers in the gym, booking slots in the gym, booking slots in the swimming pool, you know, in 25 years working in the leisure industry, you've never booked a session to go swimming. But it's proven that it could actually have a place within our business over the coming years. Again, it's a bit of a guessing game. Uh, but I think as we go into the next 12 months, there's going to be no knee-jerk reactions. It's going to be a very slow and steady way we work out of this and making sure that everything we do, we do in a methodical way. We have different boards that we're actually putting things through at the moment. So at the moment, we have a health and safety task force. Every major decision which is actually put into play at any one of the sites is fed through this. All the members have agreed prior to it going out. So, yeah, I mean, we've got some great initiatives that we've put in place that previously we we perhaps wouldn't have even thought of. I can see a couple of them staying. For how long? I don't honestly know. Uh, but if it's proven that it's working and it's working well, then yeah, why would we remove it? Today we're talking to Dominic Crisp, Head of Leisure Operations at Everybody Sport and Recreation. Uh, Dominic, Everybody Sport and Recreation is a business uh, and all businesses need a plan for the future. So uh, uh, share with us how you intend to grow Everybody Sport and Recreation particularly when normality resumes? Yeah, so, I mean, we at the moment, we're, we're currently sat in the sidelines, Des. We're ready to uh, to start our recovery plans on, on how we're going to build and work our way out of the, the current conditions. I mean, it is exciting times ahead. With everything that's going on, you know, we, we're still very privileged in the fact that we, we have a lot going on across the whole estate. We're currently working with Cheshire East, and we have a leisure review, which is currently in full flight. Now, this was in full flight prior to COVID, and it's, you know, we've still got full commitment that we're, we're moving ahead with this. With the actual review itself, we're looking to redevelop and heavily invest within six towns. The six towns I'm talking of are Nantwich Swimming Pool, Poynton, also Nantwich Town, uh, Poynton, Congleton, Nutsford, Macclesfield and Wimslow. So at Nantwich, we're currently looking at a £2 million development project uh, due to start in the summer or in the spring. With that, we're looking to redevelop the changing area for the outdoor swimming pool. We're going to have a dedicated spin studio, which is going to go on the actual roof of the premises. And Nantwich is a very, very well-attended site, but it's a very small footprint, fairly landlocked, but off the back of the development works we're going to have there, it's really going to reinvest in an area where the town is crying out for that demand. So we're extremely lucky with that. Point turn, we currently have a £4 million project in flight, which is going to see a heavily development of the site, new access route, a dedicated fitness suite, which will be taking in mezzanine floors, uh, creating a, a, a big, big multi-use area. Congleton Leisure Centre, uh, this is one that's been going on for uh, many years now. With Congleton, we're looking at £11 million development, where the site will remain as it is. But in essence, the, the majority of the buildings will be reformed, knocked down, reshaped, creating a brand new uh, lifestyle type offer 
similar to Crew Lifestyle Centre, which, again, the, the town in Congleton is crying out for. Macclesfield Leisure Centre has recently just had a, a £5 million development, which for anyone that uses Macclesfield Leisure Centre will be able to vouch just how amazing it actually is. It's a site from the 70s, you know, it's a very well-attended site. It really means something to the town of Macclesfield. And then we've got other sites such as Wilmslow uh, and Nutsford Leisure Centre, uh, which are soon to follow as well. So, on, you know, across the estate, I mean, there's it's a heavy, heavy level of development and commitment which is going to come, uh, which is going to really uh, come at a time of need, actually, as we build our way out uh, of the, the current conditions as we, we really ramp up and yeah, get to work on our recovery plan. And uh, I don't want to put a damper on that, but coming out of COVID, the government have then got to start planning the budget for the country. Do you, do you expect uh, your budgets to be squeezed, or will you I still have that to funding? Be challenged? Yeah, yeah. No, I definitely expect them to be challenged. Daz. I mean, you know, definitely at a time where you know the pound's got to go a lot further than it ever did. Uh, we are in constant communication with Cheshire's Council there, and you know, our main partners. We're working in conjunction with another on this. Uh, as it currently stands, two are in flight. Two, we may evaluate, look to redevelop, kick down the road. I don't know. The general answer is at the moment, in our mind, we're still moving ahead as forward. Uh, we've still got commitment from both parties. Uh, it'll just be interesting where the next 12 months does actually take us. So it will for, for everybody in the business world. The, the business sector, Dominic, establishes community links as a way of giving something back to the local community. So tell us about your community links and how you celebrate and recognise local community heroes. Yeah, so I mean, it's a big part of what we do, Daz. You know, it's, you know, our social value, it, it's, it's not just about selling memberships on a grand scale. You know, we're about getting out there into, into communities, getting active communities, working with, with local establishments, clubs, you know, from, from the, the trust itself. We, we actively work with a, a whole number of local sport clubs. We actively engage with schools across the whole patch. We work with charities. Uh, we look to work with CCJs, clinical commissioning groups, as well as the NHS. Uh, it's really about engaging with the community and, and really getting people active. Uh, and for people that might have not been active as well, they're the key drivers as well. It really is about engaging with, with, with the whole population. With this, we have an annual Everybody Awards as well, where we look to recognise uh, local sporting, local community heroes, people that have you know, put a massive contribution into actually helping lead and paved the way for all these local clubs. With that, I'm referring to local football clubs, swimming clubs, uh, across the whole patch, these these are led and driven by uh, people you know that have busy lifestyles. This is something they do for free. Uh, the volunteers they're probably putting 15 hours a week in, if not more, uh, and they're really making a difference for these young people. So, as you know, as a leisure provider and a leisure trust, these are the people that we're actually regularly engaging with. There are stakeholders as well. Uh, so we have an annual awards each year where we look to recognise and bring to the table all the good value that's going on in the communities. Uh, it's, it's an award ceremony which we really are passionate about. We're in our fifth year coming up for this now. Uh, the awards just gone last year was actually presented by Dane Tanny Gray Thompson, which was an absolute privilege. Uh, and we run the night from, from Crew Hall itself. It was uh, It's a very prestigious event and it's one, like I said, we take a lot of pride in actually delivering. Dominic, it's been a real pleasure having you on the show today and um, and talking us through some of the some of the, the working areas, some of where all the the effort goes into to make everybody's sport and recreation a success. So we all wish you well coming out of COVID and, and we're sure you'll do a grand job of, of putting it back on the road again. So 
Uh, before we go, should have any, any of our listeners want to talk to you about um, about future membership or how you can help them stay fit? Tell us how uh, how they can get in touch with you. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I urge anyone, uh, whether you're a member, whether you're a non-member, if you just go to our actually everybody website, uh, we've got a whole number of different uh, benefits which are associated on there. Uh, we've got a whole different number of initiatives. You know, at the moment, we're having a real drive to having this online platform, being able to engage people that are at home, homeschooling, can't go out as much. Uh, we've got some real uh, value, which, you know, is accessible to everyone. Uh, we've got different membership offers that are out there. Uh, please take a look. Uh, we've got an email address on there for any queries that want to come back through. And like I said, we're there to assist and support. And what's the, the name of the website? Yeah, that's everybody.org.uk. Dominic, thanks for coming on The Cat today. Thanks very much, Daz. Go to listen.thisisthecat.com for more podcasts and more ways to listen.